You're listening to Encounters in Nature, an open-air dialogue in the North Woods with Celtic polytheist Drew Jacob, voodoo priest Urban Haas, and humanistic pagan B.T. Newberg. Today's segment, part four in a five-part series, is entitled Going Wild. <laughs> My relationship with nature changed, and I view it now not so much as sort of a, um, you know, this abstract concept or like nature with a capital <coughs> N, and more as it's just the way, it's the happiest way to live. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's what we were designed to do. Well, I live in a hobby farm in Minnesota, mm. and, you know, it's probably like a half step or maybe even a quarter step or maybe even an ace step towards what you're talking about. <laughs> um, it's not the quantification that I'm actually concerned about, but moving out from the suburbs to to the middle of nowhere, um, you know, you, the nature starts to hit you every day. Hmm. I mean, I can sense weather patterns that I wasn't able to sense when I was in yeah, the city. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I know if we're having a wet summer or a dry summer, I know if, you know, if it's going to rain soon. Or mm-hmm. you, can, you can kind of feel things that are different um, that I just wasn't in tune with before. And, and that was really, really interesting for me. I mean, we used to go camping out in Wyoming every year and, and, and camp with a tent, but not in an organized campground mm. in, in the middle of nowhere, uh, places where um, you could be comfortable taking your clothes off just with mm. you, know, you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my camera. And, and no, there was no camera. <laughs> but, you my do- about. but my dogs were there, and, and they, I let their noses pick up if someone was coming around. Sure, yeah. But no, you can hear vehicles coming. You can hear things coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can hear the bugs and the birds and things get quiet and you're like okay something's going on what is it? Um, but my point being is you know one of the things that's changed for me is since we moved out to the country, we used to take all these camping trips out in the wilderness, and now since we moved out to the country, we tend to take all these trips into the city, hmm. and that to us is more of an adventure, <laughs> because it's like we live out in nature all the time and not to the extreme that you're sure, talking yeah. about, but it's like we have that camping experience or that outside nature experience mm. so much now that now we we kind of crave the urban life right yeah and so now you know before where we never really vacationed in cities now we go and vacation in cities which is just kind of different yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah i had a similar experience growing up in a very small town about the same size as the town that you're in now or that you grew up in yeah, it was tw- we, our city is like 1,200 people. So yeah, yeah, I grew up in a city of about 1,100 and something. And uh, it was 30 minutes to the nearest McDonald's. And it was a treat, <laughs> let me tell you, mm. when our family went to McDonald's. Yep. And that's how it should be. Yeah. This is you Minnesota. Know? We're should... looking for a DQ. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also have to say that that area that I grew up in, which is south-central Minnesota, um, was agriculture land. It was completely flat. Uh, It was the kind of environment that you think of when you think of Illinois, Iowa, um, lots of cornfields, etc. If you look at it from above, from an airplane, it looks like a checkerboard because all the fields are uh, cutting it up and the roads are graph-like on the landscape. Yeah, it's like a grid. And so I didn't feel as I was growing up, even though I was immersed in this in plant life and animal life, I didn't feel like I was connected to nature because yeah. it was, it was very man-made. And in a sense, I'm now I'm going against a bit the way I was defining nature earlier. Mm. But in terms of wild nature, I didn't feel connected to that. And I do think that there is a very important distinction in terms mm. of experience between the wild nature and then the human nature. 
And there's something very sublime about encountering the wild nature. Hmm. And I, I definitely acknowledge and embrace that powerful experience of going beyond the realm of what is familiar to man, to humanity. So what is it you're seeking then? What am I seeking? Yeah, I mean, are you seeking to break out? When you say you know, you're looking for this wild nature, I mean, what, what are you trying to experience or how would you define even wild nature? Well, I mean, it's, it's always a, it's always a, a kind of an ad hoc definition. But, I mean, if you could kind of just break it up between what is familiar to man and, and within sort of the realm of his control and that which feels beyond his control. Well, while you're thinking, mm. I, I, one, of the, one of the experiences we had today, the three of us out canoeing was, you know, I'm like, it's nice to be in a place where, you know, we're like a very minority compared to the creatures that are living around us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not surrounded by lots of other, there's not really many other people staying out here. I I suppose there's someone across the lake, but um, it was nice to be feeling like we're not the majority species in this dense little clump Mm -hmm. of land. Is that what you mean by wild or? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I definitely say that. It's a very different experience. Uh, I value both kinds of nature, but I really enjoy and identify a lot with the wild aspect of nature. And there's a different sort of relationship, I think, because especially if you're more or less alone in it, or if you just have a few uh, trusted friends with you, um, a lot of your interaction is no longer with humans and human-made things, but it's with trees, the trail you're on, um, Mm. the thing that's brushing against your foot right now that you don't know what it is, uh, the sound of uh, the water off somewhere where you're not quite sure, but it's off on the other ridge. And that kind of, it puts you in your place. And I, I think that's healthy. It can be disorienting too. I mean, when we used to go camping in Wyoming, we'd spend like seven days without seeing anyone else. And then we'd go into a grocery store and we'd go into culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one experience, we were going into this grocery store in Wyoming and you know how sometimes in the grocery store the produce, will they'll spray it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. a little water will turn on and mist everything up and keep it wet and fresh. Mm-hmm. So we're walking through this grocery store and all of a sudden there was this sound of thunder. <laughs> and the lights flashed, and then the water started on the on the produce, and it was just so surreal to us that we could we couldn't handle it. We had we had to get out of there. <laughs> hmm. Drew, when you were talking earlier, what really struck me about the way you were describing your experiences is you're very uh, sensual in the way you're describing, very sense based, and you could describe that. The, the nuances of what you were experiencing, not in abstract terms, but in how it was actually coming to your five senses. Right, yeah. And to me, that is uh, a very important aspect of spirituality, because to me, I ex- we experience uh, the world beyond us, and the world of which we are a part through the five senses. Hmm. And being mindful of our experience moment to moment being present with that is 
freeing and liberating in a way that is rarely experienced in the common day-to-day hmm. um, job-dominated, work-dominated uh, consciousness that we tend to, by habit, live our lives in. And when we take that moment to take a break from that, whether it's through meditation um, in our own homes or whether it's through going out into the um, <coughs> wild nature or semi-wild semi regions of nature, uh, it's therapeutic and profound. Hmm. I, yeah, I agree. I think that that's... Uh, hmm. To me, that's... I don't disagree in any way. I completely agree that that is true. But to me, my relationship with nature is different than that. It's to, to me the idea of using it as sort of the the therapy or sort of the the release in between a life that is stressful is not appealing. It it's mm, it's about the 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 breakthrough experience of starting to actually understand the the world that we live in. Hmm. And I when can, you s- I can identify with that. When you spend a lot of time, you know, out in nature and and learning to live within nature, so taking your food from nature, building your shelter from nature, etc., rather than bringing those things with you or going back to them, it it stops being an unknown. It stops being a mystery, a- and it's it becomes a a comfort because the things that we need in life, so food, shelter, and so forth are things you can just get freely from nature. There is no, there's never ever a concern of, well, what if I starve? Once you know how to gather things and how to hunt things and so forth. There's really no such thing as a famine in a hunting and gathering society. Famines are usually dependent on people storing large amounts of crops and needing to, you know, grow them over a certain season and store them for a later season and then something going wrong. A drought with that one crop or a pestilence or a war. In nature, there are hundreds or even thousands of different kinds of edible things that are coming in and out of season at all times. I've never been to a grocery store that has as many varieties of food as a couple of acres of Minnesota forest. And uh, when you start to realize that everything you could ever need, literally everything, can just be gathered for free off of the ground. <laughs> it's like shelter. And I don't. when I say shelter, I don't mean like you're going to be miserable living in like, you know, a little pile of dirt. It's like no, you can actually build comfortable shelter out of fallen trees and so forth. It's going to be warm in the winter, dry year-round, cool in the summer. And you can find a really rich, varied diet that's healthy and has some sweet things and some protein and lots of greens. Um, you can just pick that up just walking around, and it's it's free. It just happens. And people often think of, they focus on the dangers of nature. Like, well, what if I was attacked by a bear or a mountain lion? That's possible, but, you know, you also learn how to avoid or drive off bears and mountain lions. And uh, it stops being sort of this scary, momentous, abstract force, and it does become central. It becomes, um, you know, I don't want to under, I don't want to undermine the fact that nature can be dangerous, but nature is also incredibly generous, and it just gives whatever you need. It's never withheld. So I've heard someone describe you as hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> And, okay. <laughs> and th- this sounds pretty hardcore. I mean, right. granted, I mean, I think that for a lot of us, we fear the unknown. And what makes mm-hmm. nature very scary is there's a lot we don't know about it, so therefore, it's scary. Right. Um, and, you know, I know you've gone through a lot of these training and practices to, mm-hmm. to kind of train you and, and, and get you knowledgeable to know what to eat and what not to eat. And, right. You know, how to survive. 
But getting back to maybe some of your stories or your book or whatever, I mean, how sure. do you make this more accessible to most people instead of something that may be completely unrelatable right, right. to them That's a good point. in their day-to-day? Um, well, it's, it is something we all have the ability to do. And, you know, when I first started, I didn't just walk out in the wilderness with a hatchet and go about building myself shelter. I think if people have an interest in learning... You said you might have tried that and it was a disaster. I, I, you I know, remember I, I, something. I did, you know, I did try some increasingly difficult camping trips, but yeah. I wasn't quite that hardcore until I'd had some training. But, um, you know, you, you, let's put it this way. You don't want to just walk out and just throw yourself into it. Um, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, set it up as a personal uh, goal or a challenge. And maybe the first summer, and do it in summertime to start with, because that'll make it a lot easier for you. Um, you know, you just you go out to a wilderness school and learn some basics of how to track or how to forage or how to build shelter and put it to the test over a course of three or four days. And, you know, do that a few times. Then maybe you build it up to a week or maybe you try going in the autumn or the spring when it's a little bit tougher, but you're not going to lose a foot to frostbite. And, uh, you know, just build it up slowly and don't go past your confidence level. It's like learning anything else that's potentially dangerous but highly rewarding. If you start way beyond your skill level, you'll have a miserable time and maybe get hurt. But if you start with the basics and learn it and build it up slowly, you'll have amazing discoveries. And it is in every single one of us. And if you're not sure, if you're thinking, well, you know, that probably isn't my kind of thing, there's nothing wrong with just trying it for one weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of your comfort zone and try it out. And if it's a disaster, you got the car right there. You got the car right there. Yeah, Yeah. take your cell phone with you in case there's a problem and, you know, just take good common sense. But... Yeah, there's, there's nothing more um, transformative than, than truly not just living in nature with your bubble of stuff, but starting to live from nature. Hmm. Hmm. Plus, when you learn to enjoy pooping in the woods, it's one of the best experiences <laughs> in life. I, I tend to agree with you on that one. yay. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Encounters in Nature, an open-air dialogue in the North Woods with Celtic polytheist Drew Jacob, voodoo priest Urban Haas, and humanistic pagan B.T. Newberg. Next time, B.T. promotes valuing nature no matter what others think or say. Urban observes how nature transforms and lifts up the soul, and Drew finds the fruit of living in nature to be none other than confidence and freedom. Encounters in Nature is a production of humanistic paganism. HTTP colon slash slash humanisticpaganism.wordpress.com